Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Basically Blind. I'm your host, Avery. This is a podcast where I share my experience living with vision loss, and we also talk about topics around diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. So last week I shared that I had started my brand new job and that things were feeling quite a bit rough. I listened back to that episode and it was evident how exhausted I was. Um, Definitely coming on today's show with a lot more energy and vigor for life. Uh, Needless to say, things are going a lot better. I'm starting to feel like I understand what I'm doing. I'm understanding the processes. I spent an exceptional amount of time doing some self-paced learning modules that, uh, so my brain does feel a little bit like mush, but my soul doesn't feel broken. (laughs) That's how I felt last week. Um, but I absolutely love my team. Everyone seems really nice and I have a great manager and I've said how in previous jobs, I have not always been able to claim that. Um, I've had a number of, of poor managers. I've had I've had some very good ones, but I'm I'm really happy to see that I have a another really great manager. I'd say really the only thing that's been distressing this week is I'd say over the past month, but especially the last couple of weeks. Cam and I's dog, George, has been having some pretty significant mobility issues. He has a ligament that it's kind of partially torn on one of his back knees. And it's it's really hard to watch, but he'll try going upstairs and his leg will just kind of give out from under him and he'll like and a backsliding it's it's really hard to to see and to hear happen and so he'll be getting a surgery coming up in early June we were hoping that we wouldn't need to do that because it's going to be a very very extensive recovery for George but he's really not able to get around and he's 8 years old so he still has like a good amount of life in front of him, you know, at least probably at least five years, but it's not going to be a very good quality of life if we don't get this taken care of. So that's kind of the only bummer that's going on. So a lot of the times with my episodes, I'm really creating my subject matter based off the fact that I have a disability. You know, that's one of my my identities. But another identity that I have is being a woman. And this is going to sound a little frivolous and shallow at first. But just go with me. Just keep, keep, keep riding along with me and, and we'll get there. So before starting my job, I went with one of my friends, Nina, and she was starting a new job too the exact same day. And we decided to go and get manicures and pedicures. I hadn't done this since 
before the pandemic. It had been four years for me. And it was such an amazing experience. It's a small thing that you can do to really, truly feel pampered. You know, I got into like last summer doing my own nails and I thought I was doing a pretty good job. But then I got them professionally done and realized, oh yeah, like I did an okay job. <laughs> it, it was impressive for being an at-home manicure. But, you know, this place that I went to just it gave me possibly the best manicure, pedicure of my entire life. And I told Cam that I just feel like a better person now. And that sounds absolutely ridiculous because it's such a small thing. But it's more of a matter of it's a small thing that I know where I'm I'm taking care of myself. A lot of things that I do in life, whether it's junior league, whether it's this podcast, whether it's my work, there are ways where I know that that's going to have some sort of like a payoff down the line. Honestly, doing my nails doesn't necessarily have like a long-term payoff. It's more of just in that moment. It's something that helps me know that I'm I'm looking my best and that helps me to feel my best. So then I'm able to come into situations feeling more confident, more put together. It's honestly motivating for me. And then I started thinking about all the things that I do because I do care about how I look. You know, I get my nails done. I'm planning to do that regularly now, once a month. I was telling Nina, I was like, we need to do this once a month. This was amazing. Side note with that is that the place that I go to, they give you a free Vietnamese coffee, which I'd never had before. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I've been, I've been experimenting I, I, I'm at the like point of gateway drug coffee, so it needs to be pretty milky, needs to be pretty sweet. And this coffee really hit that. However, almost never drink it. Learned the hard way that if you don't drink coffee, and even if you do regular drink coffee, you shouldn't have the equivalent to a grande at 4 p.m., Because if you never drink coffee, you're not going to go to sleep until 2 a.m. You're going to be very, very awake. So that was a fun learning experience. I will probably just get water moving forward unless we go on a weekend and go earlier in the day. Which would be nice, actually, because that coffee was delicious. I really liked it. But in any case, you know, I'm wanting to do that more regularly. I, especially during spring summer and early fall, I pretty regularly put on self-tanner. I use a specific kind called the Gradual by Tanlux that's kind of, it's halfway between a traditional self-tanner and Jergens Natural Glow. You get more of a color payoff with one application than you get with Jergens, but it's also not the same level as if you were doing a full-blown self-tanner. And why? Because 
this is 2022 and tanning beds are canceled. Did I partake in my 20s? Oh, yeah, I did. My mom wouldn't let me do it in high school. I thought that she was being cruel because I naturally have skin adjacent to Casper the Friendly Ghost. And so for me to feel good wearing shorts and bearing more skin than I do during winter months, I like to be tan to some degree. Am I super tan? No. I'm just wanting to look healthy and alive. That's my goal. <laughs> it probably sounds so ridiculous, but if I, if I don't use self-tanner, that is, that is the case. So by use self-tanner, you know, my, uh, I recently found out that my hairstylist who I've been going to now for four years is moving to New York. And I am devastated because I've never had such a good stylist. Like She's so good at coloring. She's so good at cut. A lot of the time, it's kind of a trade-off. You can get someone that's really, really good at coloring or really good at cuts, but not always both, and she is. So I'm on a hunt for a new stylist, but I get my hair highlighted. So that's something that requires me going in every three to four months and getting that touched up or else it's not going to look great. Uh, I... I mean, I can't tell being legally blind, but from what other people have told me, I'm very lucky and I'm in my mid thirties and I, I really don't seem to have any grays. If I do, they're, they're pretty sparse, but part of the reason I highlight my hair is to help with that transition when I do start having more grays because blonde blends better with that. So I do that. I care about what I wear and I'm working on getting that fitness routine together. I have been very good about making sure that I'm getting anywhere I'd say between seven to 10,000 steps a day, even working a full-time desk job. And I've been eating a lot healthier than I used to. So with all that said, I started taking inventory of all these things that I do and how I care about my appearance. And I realized that you could put the label on me of high maintenance. And I really started to interrogate that label. And I honestly got really pissed off thinking about it. Because I don't think that it's fair to label someone that cares about their appearance appearance and puts work into it is high maintenance. Is it is that label sometimes warranted? Yeah. If someone's really demanding about needing everything to be tailored and catered to them, that's I think that that's deserving. I think that we don't necessarily call people who act that way high maintenance anymore and we are more likely to slap the title of entitled on them. And then I started thinking about with guys, you know, what do we really call guys high maintenance that often? And we don't when it comes to their appearance. We do it all the time with women. But with guys, you know, if he takes care of his body, if he eats healthy, if he gets regular haircuts, you know, professional shaves, like maybe he does go get manicures and pedicures and he's putting that man in manicure. And 
can can I just say as a lady, if there is a gentleman out there and he thinks that it's sissy to get his nails done, on behalf of women out there and other significant others, do it. Do it. Because so many guys don't have good nail maintenance and then you're in bed with a talented creature and gosh can't cam has just like little claws at times but i've only been able to get him to do um i can't remember if i was even able to get him to do a pedicure i think he did I've only been able to get him to do his nails once and that was right before our wedding I told him that there's a strong likelihood that there could be close-up pictures of our hands, and so it would make sense for him to have a manicure then. I want to get him back on that train, though. Cam, if you're listening to this, hop on that mani-pedi train. But if a guy does that, you know, he's working out, he's eating healthy, he's not called high-maintenance. Matter of fact, I feel like the term that would be used is that he's optimized. You know, the macho term for it is that he he's optimized. He's he's taking care of himself in every way. He's taking the supplements. You know, he's making himself the smoothie in the morning. Another thing that I've been doing a better job of is making myself a smoothie in the morning. But, you know, with women, there's a negative connotation to it. And I, I just, for me, what is, what is wrong with putting effort into maintaining yourself? I, I don't get that. If it gets to the point where that's what you're completely consumed by, I understand how that is problematic, but I really don't get why we have this language that has to shame women for taking pride in taking care of themselves. It is well established that a lot of time women tend to put their needs behind the needs of others, whether it's their significant others, whether it is parents, siblings, children especially. And I think that using this type of language of making people feel bad when they are taking care of themselves is it's really damaging. There's been a big movement, especially during the pandemic, about self-care do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But these negative connotations with terms such as high maintenance still exist. And it's just so bothersome to me. And a lot of times when someone's being made fun of for that, it's because maybe someone goes to a hair salon on a regular basis. Maybe they like getting blowouts. If they're just trying to live their best life, what is wrong with that? I would love to get professional blowouts, you know, once a week, but I don't know. That costs a lot of money. <laughs> I'm kind of into, interested in the uh, Dyson Airwrap to be able to get that same look while not spending that much at the salon. Mind you, get that that is an investment the Dyson Airwrap, for anyone who is not aware, it's like $600. So it's very hard to wrap my head around paying that much. But I'm also the type of person that if I use something regularly, I, I take very good care of it. And I know that thing would last me 
a really long time and I'm using kind of a knockoff version of it and I'm pretty sure it's damaging my hair. And that's one of the big things with the air wrap is that it's supposed to damage your hair less. It doesn't use as much extreme heat. And I'm not going to say the number, but I do spend a considerable amount of money on my hair with my cut and my highlights. And so in return, I'm willing to spend a decent amount of money on the types of styling tools and products, including shampoo and conditioners that I use, because it makes absolutely no sense at all for me to spend that amount of money to get my golden locks and then to turn around and use really low grade products that are going to ruin the color and ruin the condition of my hair. No, if you're spending top dollar to get your hair done and then you're going home and using Schwab professionals, you're throwing your money away. I'm just going to say that. You need to make sure that you're using proper products. Again, it's the maintenance thing. And and it's not a matter of just there are good products that are affordable. I'm not telling everyone out there that they have to go get Orbe or Living Proof or any of those more expensive products that you can only get at Sephora. Do I really enjoy Sephora? Yes, it is my candy store. But I'm more of the face mask, hair stuff. I'm not as much the makeup. I recently did get a darker lip color. I had been looking at that color for a super long time. It was one that Lily Collins wore on Emily in Paris. And yep, nope, didn't work out. Could not keep it, could not draw within the lines. So that's done with me. Um, stick into those, those lighter, those more neutral lip colors for myself. I think it just looks better, but honestly, I digress. I'm getting really off track. The point of this is, is me just realizing the fact that there, there are statements, there are attitudes, there are labels. Like I said, that we can, we can put on women that maybe, the the standards just aren't the same between men and women. And I think that we all need to be a little bit more conscious of that. And we need to check ourselves. Maybe we've been guilty. I know I have in the past of being like, yeah, that person's really high maintenance. Whatever that person is doing is not impacting me as long as, you know, if it's high maintenance from the sense of, taking care of yourself and what's involved with that, that doesn't impact me. That's fine. If it's high maintenance in the way of you need to make this as easy for me, I pretty much want to be served and catered to. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem for sure. But there's lots of ways that as a society, we hold men and women to not fair expectations You know, one way is in the world of parenting where if a guy makes the effort to, you know, go pick his kids up from work, is leaving early so that he can make it to a game or a play or a recital, you know, that's that's in line for him to be nominated for dad of the year. However, on the flip side of that, if um if a mom doesn't show up to absolutely everything, she's dropping the ball. 
there's we expect women to just be there and to do everything and to be everything for everyone. And we have that expectation. And then when she wants to be everything for everyone, including herself, by making the time and putting in the effort to put her best foot forward and to feel good, then we shame her by labeling her high maintenance. No, I don't think so. I fully reject that. And so moving forward, when it comes to the way that I look, I'm honestly going to embrace the fact that, yeah, the way that I look is high maintenance. I take pride in the fact that I put time into putting myself together every day because also beyond just representing myself, I'm part of a lot of different organizations. I have all the different identities that I have. And I've discussed before how for a lot of people, I'm one of the only blind per- person or person who identifies as being blind that they've ever met. And so there's extra pressure to make sure that I'm representing the blind community or the disabled community as well as I possibly can. Since for the most part, I do interface with a lot of people that identify themselves as being able-bodied. At least from an apparent standpoint, I'm sure a lot of the people that I interact with have invisible disabilities. You know, mental health has definitely been something that a lot of people are starting to be more open about, which is fantastic. And I don't want to discount from the fact that any sort of a mental health issue is a disability. It a hundred percent is, but you know, it's bigger than me. I want to put my best foot forward. And so, yeah, if you want to call me high maintenance, fine. You know what that means? It means that I take the time every day to make sure that the way that I look and the way that I feel is as good as possible. And you can't just wake up and feel that way. It takes work. It takes dedicated work over amount of time. When you buy a house, when you buy a car, when you buy anything, a computer, a phone, anything that's expensive or worth immense value, you have to work to diligently maintain it or else it falls apart so much quicker. The human body is exactly the same way. And I would argue that not just the human body, but the human mind and just the way that you view yourself and your self-esteem It's also that same way. You have to do the work to maintain yourself. No one, no one's gonna like, people are gonna judge you if apparently you're doing too much work. But would people do that if you are taking a lot of pride in your home and you're making sure that that's well kept up? I, I'm sure that there's probably circles where that's the case, but in most cases, no. People are very pro taking care of your home, taking care of your car, taking care of your pets, taking them to the vet, being a responsible owner, making sure you're taking them for walks. So I just get very confused as to why when it comes to especially women, it's a bad thing to put the effort in towards yourself. I only have this one body. I have this one mind. 
I have to work very diligently and very hard to make sure that I'm at a place where I feel my best. And I have been in situations where I I haven't done that. I haven't prioritized it. And I end up falling apart. It catches up to you. So you know what? I am high maintenance. And I'm proud of it. Because it means that I actually care. And I think caring and putting in the time and effort, it's half the battle when it comes to being able to stay healthy. And as we would say for men, being optimized. So that is my main thing. It's a little bit of a rant, but it really, it really got under my skin when I realized how unfair of a term that seems. And I challenge everyone to kind of think about other times and that you come across times where maybe there's an, an unfair standard that a woman is being held to in contrast to a man or terminology that seems to be a little bit shaming for women because we're, we're really not going to be in an equitable and inclusive society until we really start identifying those areas where we just accept that type of language and we're okay with it and we just keep doing it because that will just reinforce the status quo. And those little things, it, it seems trivial. I know it does. It seems like it won't make a difference, but if you can take away those little cues that kind of underline that it's okay to treat people differently and you you make it clear that no we should we should really be treated the same in the respect of all having the same opportunity I don't want to take away from the fact that some people need accommodations and others don't everyone deserves the same chance to be successful try to find those ways within society that you can do that and show up every day. With that, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, please make sure that you've subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you prefer listening to it on. Podcasts drop every Thursday. You can also rate and review the podcast. It's one of the easiest ways to help others discover the podcast. We have social media with Facebook as well as an Instagram at basicallyblindpod. And as always, I will see you next time. Bye.